Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. Through this podcast, we hope to challenge and equip you to take your next step in your relationship with Jesus and in living and loving like Him. We have become accustomed to living in constant fear, paralyzed by the ever-growing list of things that make us afraid. This is no way to live. Thankfully, this state of fearful worry can be escaped. God's Word is full of commands to release fear. We can't elude the things that have the potential to create fear, but they do not have to lead to our ruin. Through faith, we can face all things, knowing God's promises are true and His power is sufficient. In Christ, we can live fearless. How we doing, church? We good? You look fantastic. Okay, is that, is that all you got? Yeah. Don't go, see, don't go quiet on me now, y'all. All, we worship in the atmosphere. Because I think God has a word for us tonight, and I can't wait just kind of get it off my chest, and I'm going to try to say it as quick as I can, and then let God do whatever he wants to do. So I know it's 2020, and for a lot of people, they've claimed a year of vision because it just seems appropriate, because when we think 2020, we think vision, but I, that's not where we're going. Because when I think vision, I think clarity. And I don't think it's clarity that we lack. I think it's courage that we need. It's not that we don't know. We don't need more information. We need better application. <laughs> we, we, need, we don't need to seek God for what he has for us. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, we know what God wants us to do. We know what he desires for us. It's doing it. That's the hard part. Come on, somebody. Like, it's following God that's hard. It's following where he wants us to go. It's having the courage to follow him wherever he might lead, to do whatever he might ask. And this is going to be the year that everything changes, where we allow God to build in us the faith that pushes through the fear, that we have the courage to follow him wherever he leads, to do whatever he asks, to have the courage to chase after him. As I said in my prayer, you know, I hear people say all the time, I found God. Was God lost? <laughs> like, like, you don't find God. God finds you. And from the day you were born, God's been chasing after your heart. I believe Jeremiah 1.5, that in your mother's womb, he created you, he knows you, he formed you, that before you were, you know, on your mom and dad's mind, you were in God's heart. And he had a plan for your life and a desire for you and things he wanted to do and accomplish in and through your life. And when he looks down on you, he sees nothing but the child he made and wants a relationship with. If I don't get somebody in the room excited, I don't know that we, like that's, that's the beauty of who God is. And now when we meet him, we just want to stay with him. We want to stay in close relationship with him and, and go wherever he goes. And, like, and, and see, we're, we're, not, we're not trying to find the courage to be perfect. This isn't about perfect behavior. Come on. This is not per about perfect behavior. This is about a consistent pursuit. Like that's what God's looking for. God's not looking for you to behave perfectly. He's looking for you to walk with him consistently. That's what he desires for you. But the problem is that takes courage. Because God goes places that make you uncomfortable. See, when, if you're going to follow God, God says, I'm going to go over here and I want you to come with me. You'd be like, I ain't going over there. Because over there is outside of my comfort zone. Over there is outside of what I've always known. Over there is uncertainty. Over there is difficulty. 
over there is going to require more of me than I think I have to give. Anybody ever, God ever asked you to do something you didn't think you could do? God ever asked you to do something that you were pretty sure that unless he helps you, you knew you couldn't do it? God ever calls you to go, see, when you seek God, you have to walk, you have to, when you seek God, you have to step into scary. And that's why we're trying to dispel this whole myth of to be faithful is to be fearless because it's just not true. Despite what some of us have been taught our whole lives, to be faithful is to not be fearless. Like I think most of us who grew up in the church, we, we almost feel shame for the fear that we have. But I'm submitting to you that it is impossible to be completely fearless. That as a matter of fact, if you're going to walk in faithful obedience to God, if it don't scare you, you're crazy. Because God's going to call you into those spaces that are scary. When you pursue God and follow, and, and like, let's just take some, again, it's not negative things, it's real things. Like, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to raise two preteens. Lord Jesus. <laughs> like, that's, that's scary. Like, like, they're following Jesus, continue to consistently pursue him. And, you know, we, we, courage is what we need. Because, you know, sitting, standing in this room and shouting and singing praises is not courageous. Courageous is tomorrow when you're sitting over your meal and your coworker who doesn't believe is sitting in front of you. Will you have the courage to still bow your head and say a prayer and ask God to bless your food? That's courage. Courage, it's, it, this is not courage in here yelling and shouting and praising. This is awesome, but it takes no courage among all these like-minded people to love Jesus. When you step out of these doors and you go into the real world that's challenging what you believe and you have to, and God says, this is what I want you to do and people going to think you weird. What do you need? Courage. And that's my hope is, man, that, that this is the year. We don't need more clarity. Like I think, I really think, now some of us maybe not, but I think we know what God wants from us. It's the courage to do it, to do what he's asking us to do, to be the man, the woman, to be, to be who God has called you to be. And that takes Courage. And so we've been leaning into the man that's known for courage, Joshua, in the Old Testament. So grab your Bible. Go to the book of Joshua. It's going to be on the screens. I think it's on the app too. But courage, because see, Joshua has this position where he's going to be following in the footsteps of Moses. And when he steps into this position, he's very clear what God is calling him to do. And so when he is past the baton of leadership, God doesn't need to give him clarity because he knows he needs courage. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That when Joshua steps into the position of leadership, there's not a single time that he needs to have his calling clarified. There's not a single time that God asks him to be fearless. That in this opening sentence to Joshua, it's courageous. Like Joshua, if you're going to do all that I desire for you in your life, you're going to need to be strong and you're going to need to be courageous. Courage, undeterred by danger or pain. That's what we're looking for. And the way that we've defined it as we've walked through this series is this sentence, faithful obedience in the midst of fearful circumstance. That's what we're looking for. Faithful obedience in the midst of fearful circumstance that we're going to do whatever God calls us to do, no matter how scary it is. We're not saying God remove the fear. We're saying fear, I see you and I'm going through you. I'm scared, but I'm still stepping. 
I'm worried, but I'm not going to step off the path that God has for me. I'm going to embrace the fact that where I'm going is difficult, it's challenging, it's scary, and I'm not going to be able to eliminate the fear, but I'm going to elevate the faith. And I'm going to operate and walk in faithful obedience. And see, you do realize what Joshua was trying to do is not much different than really what you're trying to do. I know that seems a shock to some people. Like what Joshua was trying to do is really no different than what you're trying to do. Because Joshua's assignment in his simplest definition was he was trying to take the people of God from where they were to where they need to be. That's the journey of your life. Is you're trying to take yourself through the power of God working in your life from where you are to where God wants you to be. That's what this whole journey of faith is, isn't it? You're trying to go from, and we're all on different stages of this. There was once where we were lost and separated from God. That's where we were, but where we needed to be is forgiven and faith in Jesus and redeemed by his blood and walking with God. And see, some of, like, like but you do realize that, that, that God didn't stop working your life the day you got saved. That was just the beginning. Jesus didn't come just so that you could have salvation. He came so that you could experience transformation. He wants to continue to mold you into who he created you to be. And that's what, so what you're doing is, is every day God's trying to move you closer from where you are to where you want to be. And there's some people in the room, you just need to celebrate for a second maybe where you are. Because you're frustrated by where you're not, not realizing how far you've come. They know you're not who you want to be, but you're not who you used to be. That you're not as far along as you wish you were, but you're a lot farther than, than, than you could have been had you not been obedient through some seasons in your life. So somebody just needs to celebrate where you are, but don't get stuck there. You need to celebrate where you are, but you need to have the courage to keep going to where God wants you to be. But the problem with that is there's always barriers, isn't it? To get from where you are to where God wants you to be, you've got to push through difficult things. Y'all never have obstacles. Y'all never have difficult things. Y'all don't have habits and addictions and temptations. You got to work through, oh, we in the perfect church tonight. Is that where we are? Like, we all have stuff that stands in the way. There's always something between where we are and where we're supposed to be that we're going to have to work through. And that's where the courage has to come in. It was true for the nation of Israel. From, for they, where they were was on one side of the Jordan River. Where they were supposed to be was on the other side. And so they had this body of water that was standing between where they are and where they were supposed to be. And it was that flood stage. And God gave them very specific instructions about how to follow it. And it didn't make sense. And it was scary. But if they were going to cross, they had to have the courage to go. And even after the Jordan, they had to face Jericho. The next thing that stood between where they were and where they were supposed to be was a city fortified by a great wall. And once again, they had to have the courage to do a silly but simple plan where God said, hey, the way you get the wall to fall, walk around it, yell at it for a few days. The courage to do what God asked to do, even when it seems simple and silly, to keep moving forward. And Joshua constantly had to face these battles and fight through them, and you will too. As you're trying to go from who you are to who God wants you to be, you're going to constantly face battles. And if you don't have the courage to fight through those battles, you're going to get stuck and miss out on some really beautiful things from God. And what we're trying to do is build that courage. And now we're going to finish up Joshua today. And I want to get to the end of the book in just a minute. But, but we got we to look at one more thing that Joshua had to endure. 
because it's cool. <laughs> the Bible's cool. If you, you don't think the Bible's cool, you ain't reading it right. Um, Joshua chapter 10. Once again, Joshua and his people have to fight another battle in order to keep moving forward. And this time, this battle, what God is going to have to do is one of the most miraculous things in all of Scripture. It's one, it's one of the most powerful things that happens in all of the Bible. Let's go look at it. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. Now, all right, let me set the scene. They're in a battle, and it's back and forth, and they're getting close to winning, but there's something that, that they need to happen if they're going to win the fight and keep moving forward. And it says, on that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself of its enemies, and it is, as it is written in the book of Jashar, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky, delayed going down about a full day, and there was, even, there was never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Do you see what just happened? They're in the middle of a fight, and for them to continue to win, they need daylight to continue. And so Joshua says, God, will you hit pause on like everything? And it happened. Oh, y'all look at me like that. Oh, yeah, that's normal. That's fine. <laughs> like jo Joshua prays this audacious prayer. Like, God, if we're going to win this fight, we need you to pause time. And it happened. And you know what's crazy? You can, you can look at other historical writings outside of Scripture, and there is even a scientific proof of this really weird lapse in time around this time period. Like, this, y'all, this happened. Now, I don't know, really know what to do with all that. But they were in the middle of a battle that if God didn't perform a miracle, they were going to lose. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a situation that God had to do something or you were in deep, deep trouble? Have you ever been in a place in your life when, when what had to happen for it to work out, for it to get resolved, for it to get fit? Like God had to do something supernatural. And I'm like, I'm, I don't want you to walk away and just think tomorrow if you're mowing your grass and the sun starts going down and you need a little more, bit more daylight, you can just say, hey, God, will you pause like Joshua because I got about half acre left to weed eat. And like, now I'm not, this is what I know. I don't always know what God will do, but I know what God can do. And I want to have the kind of courage that it, Joshua had. I want to have enough courage to pray for and even expect to God do, to God to do miracles. Don't, don't we serve the same God? Is Joshua the same God that Joshua prayed to? Is he the same one we pray to? Then I want that kind of courage. And, and if you're honest... Maybe you haven't prayed a prayer that seems that dynamic, but you've prayed a similar one. 
You've asked God to show up in your life in some way because it was completely out of your hands, out of your control. And if God didn't do something, and you can call it coincidence, you can call it the universe, like you can call it something like, but I would just say there's been many times in your life when God showed up in a miraculous way. And maybe it doesn't look quite like pausing the sun, but it's just as miraculous and just as powerful. But I, I want enough courage to ask God for anything, but I also want enough character to handle whatever he says. Like, I want to be courageous enough to ask and have enough character to handle it when he says no. I want to have enough character that when my courageous prayer isn't answered the way that I hoped or the way that I want, that I don't abandon my faith. Because that's not an issue of courage. That's an issue of character. That's an issue of character. And maybe what we really need in order for this year to be a year of faithful obedience in the midst of fearful circumstance is not just courage, but also character. Maybe it's not a lack of courage that's been the stumbling block of your spiritual journey. Maybe it's an absence of real character. You with me? And that is at the heart of what Joshua would try to discuss and unpack as he came to his last days. Flip over and fast forward to Joshua chapter 23. Now we're getting to the place where Joshua is an old man. And he knows like his expiration date is coming. There's coming a time when he is going to pass away just like everybody else. And I want you just to hear his words as he knows this moment is coming. Because I think what you're going to see is his courage has given way to concern for the character of his people. And this issue of character is the very thing that Joshua is worried about what will happen when he's gone. Joshua 23, verse 1. You ready? Say amen. It says, after a long time had passed... And the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them. Joshua by then was a very old man. And he summoned all of Israel, the elders, the leaders, the judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. He says, I'm old, and like before I die, there's some things I need to say. There's some stuff I need to get off my chest. Some really important stuff. You know, like your last words, you, you ain't, you, you're being very measured in what you say. And he says, verse 6, be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you and do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not swear by them or bow down to them. But you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Verse 11, be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away and ally yourselves with the survivors of these nations that remain among you, and if you intermarry with them and associate with them, then you may be sure that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. Now, let me stop right there. Now, now, now Joshua isn't saying this because he wanted segregation. He isn't saying this because he didn't want people to connect. He's saying this because he knew how spiritually vulnerable the nation of Israel was. And anytime they allowed themselves to connect with people with a different belief system, they allowed that belief system to pull them away from their God. 
that they were so vulnerable and so weak that every time they got around a group of people that didn't believe like they did, they were the influencees and not the influencers. And that's why he's saying that. He's saying like every time, if you, y'all ever had a compass? Not a trick question. You know, like a compass, if you lay it down flat, it's got like a little metal, probably arrow, and like it points to north. Have you ever brought a magnet to a compass? What that magnet will do is pull that metal arrow away from true north and toward the magnet. And that's kind of the history of the nation of Israel. Every time they got around another group of people that didn't share their belief system, it was like a magnet pulling them off their true north. And he's saying, like, y'all have this tendency, this history to get around other people that don't believe like y'all and start, let it start to impact your faith. And so you're not ready to be in that space yet, so you need to keep some distance. That means there's sometimes you got some friends in your life that are doing more to pull you down than you to pull them up. And God's saying, you don't defriend them, you don't write them off, but you put a little space for a while. Because they're going to be more of an influence on you than you are them. And Joshua was worried, and he sees that vulnerability still in their lives. Y'all with me? It says, instead, see, they will become snares and traps for you, whips on your backs and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. But just as all the good things the Lord your God has promised you have come to you, so he will bring on you all the evil things he has threatened until the Lord your God has destroyed you from this good land he has given you. If you violate the covenant of your Lord, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods, bow down to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you, and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. See, Joshua is an old man. And when you read his last words, what you hear is a man who spent his entire life fighting courageously to get the people of Israel from where they were to where they are. And he doesn't want to see them forfeit all that he fought for. He's saying, look, we've spent the last several decades and we've lost good people and good people have died. And we've courageously walked through every difficult thing. We crossed the Jordan. We went to Jericho. Remember when God stopped the sun? Like we've spent energy and time and sweat and blood to get here. We've had the courage to get here. But will we have the character to stay Because, see, we can have the courage to attain, but not have the character to sustain. Well, let me put it like this. If you're not careful, courage will take you places that your character will not keep you. Courage will take you places that your character will not keep you. And that's Joshua's greatest concern is we've had the courage to enter, but will we have the character to actually inhabit? We had the courage to get here, and don't let a lack of character cause you to forfeit all that we have fought for. See, if we go through this whole thing building courage, 
while not at the same time developing character, everything that we gain in courage will be vulnerable to loss. That it's not just one or the other. That if we're going to really accomplish all that God desires for us to accomplish in our lives, yes, you need to be courageous. But you also got to have character. Because courage will take you places your character will not keep you. And it's not an either or, it's a both and. See, you, you can have courage without character. But courage without character is risky and dangerous. Because you can do really courageous, yet really stupid things. Come on, somebody. Like, I've done a lot of courageously dumb things in my life. I know y'all don't believe that. It's really lucky that I'm still alive, I'll be honest with you. Because as a kid, I was that kid. Don't dare me. Because I will do it. And I, like, when I was a little kid, I had, I had a BMX bike. Anybody have, like, a BMX bike growing up? Yeah, a bike. Like, well, I had, I had, I had a, a He-Man bullies why y'all laughing at me <laughs> like it's all like my family could afford and it got to the point like, like do y'all remember when like you didn't if your family didn't have a lot of money you get to that point where your, the, the rubber grips on your handlebars would get so dry rotted that the metal would pop through the end <laughs> somebody testify in the room like and you're like mama my handlebars whether does it still pedal then you shut up and go ride your bike <laughs> like it was if it still if it still worked buy a new chain do what you ever but like my he-man bike had had the metal sticking through the sides. One day we were at my friend's house. We were actually living in Pleasant Garden. It was John and James. I remember they were brothers. And we found some old crates and some plywood. That makes for an awesome ramp. <laughs> and so we would take like some plywood and we would put it up on the crate. And, and, and like you get up going to speed, you jump off the crate. Well, one crate on one piece of plywood is fun, but two crates. Well, you get that angle. Well, you can really go jump off, but you know what's even cooler? Three crates with the big, long, partially dry-rotted piece of plywood. So we built it up, and like, John, like, they, were, they would just pedal and like get right to it and be like, no, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I'll do it. Because <laughs> I ain't scared. Punks, I'm a, I will. So I get my... I get my little He-Man busted up bike, and I pedal just as fast as my little feet will go, and I hit that plywood, and about as soon as I get to the top of that plywood, that plywood gives way, and the tire of my bicycle goes straight through that plywood, and when it does, it kicks the handlebar sideways, and that metal goes right through my fleshy, fat 12-year-old love handle <laughs> and just carves about an inch of tissue right out of my side. I had to ride home like two miles back to my house, come in. My, my mom was just mad because my shirt got blood on it, and it was a good shirt. And... <laughs> you can do something that appears to be courageous, but if it lacks character, it'll be a lot more painful than it is purposeful. It'll be a lot more painful than it is purposeful. And we got a lot of examples of people in the Bible that did seemingly very courageous things, but they were not done out of proper character, and they were fruitless. Peter was known to be bold. <laughs> Peter, you know, he's the one that said, I'll come out of the boat and join you on the water, Jesus. He's also the one, you remember this? Go to John chapter 18, verse 10. Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane. 
And the soldiers come to arrest him. And Jesus with his, I mean, uh, Peter with his tough, courageously bold self says, no, uh pulls out a sword and whacks the guy's ear off. I told you all the Bible's fun. They don't show that in the Easter play. Like, you know. <laughs> now, it appears courageous. Peter stepping up for his Savior, breaking out the sword, swinging like a man, like coming after it. Seems courageous, but it just shows his lack of character. That all along, he had missed it. He had been with Jesus all these years, and he still didn't understand what was happening. And he didn't realize that sometimes the most courageous thing you can do, look at me, sometimes the most courageous thing you can do is nothing. Is to have the self-control to understand the situation and keep your sword in its sheath. Sometimes the most courageous thing you can do is nothing. Another example I got to read, I don't know that necessarily fits, but it's just one of my favorite stories in the Bible, so I got to read it. It's in Acts chapter 19. All these people in the name of Jesus are going around healing people and doing all these amazing things, and some people think that's really cool. And so they start think they'll have the courage to do these things too, but they lack the character. Acts chapter 19, it says, Some Jews who went around driving out spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. So people going around invoking the name of the Lord Jesus, trying to call out demons. So they would say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. <laughs> Verse 15. One day, the evil spirit answered them. Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. Well, who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. That's what happens when you got courage but no character. Naked and bleeding. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> like when you have courage without character, it's not fruitful. It's misguided and misplaced. And it's not accomplished. It's accomplishing more for your own glory than God's. And that's not what we're trying to do, is it? But you also got to be careful not to have character without courage. Because where courage without character is risky, character without courage won't take any risk. And the next thing you know, you're idle and you're complacent. And you're not willing to step out and do the difficult things. Solomon in his wisdom in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 talked about this. Says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Now, if you didn't grow up on a farm, maybe you don't understand all that I just read. But it's like, it's like a farmer going out with all this seed to plant, and he's just he's spending his whole time like figuring, all right, is this the day? Is this the day? Is the wind just right? Is the rain's going to come? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so he ends up with a bunch of seed in his hand and no plant in the ground. And so many of us live our lives that way. We have a lot of character but no courage. We just get idle and we do nothing. We take no risk. We sit back as life just passes us by. And we've, we've held on to the seeds. I've been a good steward. God, I still got the seeds. He'd be like, but you didn't do nothing with it. 
That's at the heart of the parable of the talents that Jesus would tell. You remember this story, Matthew 25? Jesus talks about the parable of the talents that all these people are given these different amounts. But there's one that just because maybe he has character, but he doesn't have the courage to do what God, God has given him, he wastes it. Matthew 25, verse 18 says, But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here, it's what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back at least with interest. Said you had the character to, to not waste it, but you didn't have the courage to invest it in a way that would produce return. See, it's not courage without character. It's not character without courage. It's going to require both if we're going to do anything significant for the Lord. We need courage and character. But here's the problem. Character is more difficult to grow than courage is to gain. Character is more difficult to grow than courage is to gain. Developing character takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of willingness to fight through hard things and deal with stuff inside of you that maybe you don't want to wrestle with. It's about doing the difficult things to grow to take ownership of your own discipleship and become who God desires you to be. But if you don't become a person of courage and character, you will miss out on so much of what God has for your life. And see, Joshua was a person that had courage, but he also had character. And you say, Matt, how do you know? Go, go back to Joshua 23. I just want you to look at something he says that is clear evidence that Joshua was a man of character. Again, verse 1, it says, After a long time he had passed, had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies. Joshua, an old man, summoned them, and he brings all these people together. And now if Joshua didn't have character, or if he was like a lot of us, we'd be like, get everybody together because before I die, I need to remind y'all of all the cool things I've done. That like I'm about to die and I need to set up my own memorial service so that when these people get up to talk, they can remember it was me that led them across the Jordan. It was me that led them across Jericho. Like a man that lacks character, that's what he would have done. But do you look at, just look at verse 3. Look at what Joshua says. He says, you yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. That speaks to the character of Joshua in a moment when he could have very easily tooted his own horn. He could have very easily said, hey guys, I'm about to go. A monument would be nice. I did a lot. He says, you know, remember that everything that's happened was because of God. Everything that we achieved was because God was with us. You yourselves, you know it was from God. You know that I could have never done any of this. You know that I couldn't have made all these things happen. God has been faithful to us. And before I die, just remember how faithful he's been. See, people of character never demand the credit. People of character never demand the credit. That's how you know Joshua was a man of character. He didn't demand the credit. 
And his biggest concern is the people he will leave behind will lack the character to sustain all that he has achieved in faithful courage throughout his life. And before he leaves, he speaks to the root of the problem in their character. Go to chapter 24. Pick up with verse 14. He says, so now fear the Lord and serve him with faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Like he says, before I go, this is what you gotta do. Like, guys, remember, fear the Lord and serve him faithful. Throw away all the other gods. See, the nation of Israel was so prone to allowing other things to compete for God's rightful place in their heart. They were always willing to kind of test God in a way that when other gods and other things would come and other idols would move in their lives, they would allow those things to compete for God's rightful place. And when you allow things to compete for what God is supposed to have in your heart, you will eventually compromise and forfeit your character. Y'all with me? And you think, the nation of Israel, we're, we're the same way. How often do we let things compete for God's rightful place in our heart? See, every, every human heart has a throne. And whatever sits on that throne is what rules your, rules your life. And we are so prone to letting other things compete for God's rightful place. Relationships, money, career aspirations, children, titles, possessions, ourselves. See, the, the greatest threat to the nation of Israel was never from some external army. It was from an internal battle that was constantly being waged in their spirit. See, the greatest threat to your faith is nothing external. It's not your crazy boss or your crazy husband or your wild children or your financial situation. Like, none of that stuff is the, the greatest threat, the greatest conflict that you will ever have to fight is the one within your own soul. Because things are constantly competing for your spirit. And if you're gonna have courage and character, you gotta quit allowing that competition to take place and declare God the winner once and for all. And that's exactly what Joshua says. He says, hey, look, it's time to make a decision. Verse 15, chapter 24. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors you serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Like, it's time to make a decision. Like, if you're going to have the character to keep what our courage has gotten, then you're going to have to end the competition now. You're going to have to let God be God. But if that's not what you want, fine. But just know there's going to be consequences. But then he says, but for as for me... In my household, we will serve the Lord. Verse 24, now then, Joshua said, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord, our God, and obey him. Courage will take you places that your character cannot keep you. And the greatest threat to your character 
is the compromise that comes from allowing that internal competition to continue to go on. You want to have the character and the courage to do something significant, then it's time to let God be God. It's time to stop trying to share a residence with something else. So can I ask you a set question? What's competing for God's rightful place in your heart? Because that's the greatest threat to your character. That's what will forfeit what you fought for in courage. He bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Can we just take a moment before we get out of this room, before we step back into the world, before we go back into our week, and we just ask this question, what is competing for God's rightful place in my heart that is a threat to my character because it will cause me to compromise and eventually allow me to forfeit all that I've battled for in courage? It's time to end the competition. That was Joshua's biggest concern was they would not have the character to keep what they had the courage to gain. And he knew that their problem is our problem. We're always allowing something to compete for God's rightful place. Nothing is worthy to sit on your throne of your heart but God. So God, I pray that we would have some real moments with you right now in this space and that you would challenge us and as we worship you your spirit would just do the work that only it can in jesus name we pray amen thanks for listening to the vintage church podcast stay connected with what's happening at vintage by downloading the vintage church app where you have access to sermon notes upcoming events devotionals previous podcasts and discover ways to connect in community You'll also have access to our deeper podcast, which is a conversational deep dive into the message from the weekend. We hope you join us again soon.